Taiwan's vaccine registration system has opened up to all nationals and residents who are at least 18 years old. Those born before 2003 can go on to the 1922 website to register their vaccine preference. They can choose between the brands Moderna and AstraZeneca or indicate their willingness to accept either. On the morning of Tuesday, the 1922 website crashed due to intense public interest. Even before 9 o'clock, these early childhood educators were at the school gate waiting to get their vaccine. Taipei's Department of Education allocated more than 7,000 doses to be administered over three days on preschool and cram school teachers. Parents are quite looking forward to our reopening because many parents have already run out of leave. Early on, parents would tell us that the kids miss us so much. Later on, we talked again over the phone and discovered that actually it's the parents who miss us more. Also on Tuesday, Taiwan's vaccine registration system opened to everyone 18 and older. They can now indicate if they prefer AstraZeneca, Moderna or either brand. The third round of vaccine registration is underway and it's open to everybody 18 and older. The previous round of vaccine registration was only open to people 50 and older, as well as all adults with designated health conditions. As of the registration deadline of Monday, 5 p.m., 2.84 million people had registered. More than 60 percent only wanted Moderna, and about 37 percent could accept either available brand. Only 3 percent exclusively wanted AZ. As of Sunday, 3.56 million people had received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. That's about 14.87% of the population. The World Health Organization's chief scientist has cautioned against mixing and matching COVID vaccines. That is, getting a dose of one brand and then getting a second dose of another. Speaking at a press conference on Monday, the WHO official warned that there was little evidence to recommend the strategy. Today, Health Minister Chen Shizhong said again that Taiwan will not be mixing vaccines for the time being. German Chancellor Angela Merkel received one shot of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine this April. For her second dose, she went for Moderna. A UK study had found that people who had AstraZeneca followed by Pfizer developed more antibodies than people who had two doses of AZ. But at a Monday press conference, the World Health Organization advised against mixing vaccines. So it's a little bit of a dangerous trend here where people are in an, we're in a data-free, evidence-free zone as far as a mix and match. So it, it, it will be a chaotic situation in countries if citizens start you know, deciding when and who uh, they should be taking a second or a third or a fourth dose. Without sufficient data to recommend it, Taiwan is treading with care on the mix and match approach. Health Minister Chen said that for now, vaccine mixing would not be an option. People in the first priority group, flight crew of national airlines and pregnant women will be able to get their second Moderna shot 28 days after the first. Mixing vaccine brands is still not allowed. The reason the WHO advises against mixing vaccines is mainly because studies haven't been carried out yet. 
so it could be the case that the vaccines aren't compatible with one another. For example, say that one of the vaccines is made up of cells and another one is made from smaller molecules. It could be the case that the two don't complement each other's immunizing effect. The Delta COVID variant is spreading rapidly, and the WHO says it's poised to become the world's dominant strain. As the world scrambles to get vaccinated, experts are debating the effectiveness of mixing and matching. Taiwan authorities say that for now, getting two doses of the same brand is the safest route. Japan's foreign minister says his country will send Taiwan another 970,000 doses of AstraZeneca vaccine this Thursday. It will be Japan's third donation of COVID vaccines to Taiwan. Japan sent its first donation of 1.2 million doses in June, becoming the first country in the world to help Taiwan counter its domestic COVID surge. On July 8th, Japan sent another 1.1 million doses. The latest shipment will bring the total to 3.34 million doses. Taiwan reported 28 new local COVID cases and six deaths on Tuesday as it lifted some level 3 COVID restrictions. Across the country, tourists were spotted at newly reopened mountain attractions. Hikers are reminded to keep a mask on and to restrict all outdoor gatherings to 10 people. Level 3 restrictions have been partially lifted, allowing for tour groups of up to nine people. In Kaohsiung, this group of one guide and seven tourists is exploring Shoshan. We've got to strike a balance in this pandemic. Big tour groups are out of the question, so we thought so long as some movement is allowed and we've got a little income coming in, it's all good. During the worst of Taiwan's COVID surge, the tourism sector nearly came to a complete standstill. But now that restrictions have eased, travel agencies have rolled out tours specially tailored for the partial reopening. Now turning to Taipei's Yang Mingshan. There is practically nobody around the park's iconic flower clock. But nearby, we see a family on a day trip. And over here, a hiker shows us a spray bottle for sanitizing on the go. When out in the wild, hikers must keep face masks on at all times, and gatherings can't ever exceed 10 people. Over at the National Park Service Station and Tourist Information Center, dining in is strictly prohibited and no hot meals are provided. Tourists say it's an inconvenience. It's inconvenient, but these are unusual times. If it's inconvenient, so be it. We'll just have to put up with it. At the Tourist Information Center, we've implemented crowd flow measures and limited capacity. The car park has been limited to 40% capacity. Keep your mask on and maintain a safe social distance, they chant. Tourists have been trickling into Hehuanshan to limit capacity at 40%. Bollards have been installed at some parking spaces to keep cars out. Now this car park only has 20 spaces available. We're asking all tourists to respect the rules. Though some restrictions have been lifted, local governments around Taiwan are reopening with caution in hopes that a true reopening will come soon. Once again, TSMC founder Morris Chang has been appointed Taiwan's representative at the APAC meetings. He will be attending the official APAC virtual summit in November. He'll also attend an emergency meeting of APAC leaders scheduled for this Friday. 
This meeting was called by New Zealand's Prime Minister to improve the Asia-Pacific's response to COVID and its economic impact. At the upcoming meeting on July 16th, I have asked Representative Chang to put forward two propositions. The first is that we think APEC members should make efforts to ensure that members have equitable and rapid access to vaccines. We've reached a new stage of the pandemic and vaccines are available. But production capacity around the world is still not enough to meet every country's demand. APEC member states should help one another quickly stabilize vaccine supply to effectively bring the pandemic under control and revitalize the economy. Our second proposal is that APEC members should cooperate to face the challenges of a post-pandemic world, making contributions toward global recovery while upholding the spirit and principles of free trade. Cheng, who is 90 years old this year, first represented Taiwan at the APEC summit in 2006 during the Chen Shui-bian administration. He also represented the Thai administration in 2018, 2019 and 2020 at Papua New Guinea, Chile and Malaysia respectively. Japan directly mentioned the issue of Taiwan's stability for the first time in its annual defense white paper. The white paper also removed Taiwan from its section on China. Instead, Taiwan appeared in a section on U.S.-China relations. According to the Taipei Bureau Chief of Japan's Sankei Shinbun, this year's report reflects changes in Taiwan-Japan relations. The white paper previously placed Taiwan in its section on China because Japan respected China's one-China principle. Now, the paper mentions security concerns over the Taiwan Strait as being closely related to Japan. This phrasing and the way that it is brought up marks a new breakthrough. Perhaps moving forward, Japan and Taiwan will be able to remove what's been a major obstacle to deeper defense exchanges. The white paper notes that the military balance between China and Taiwan is tilting to China's favor, and more so year by year. It also says that competition between the U.S. and China is becoming more intense and that stabilizing the situation surrounding Taiwan is important for Japan's own security. It said that Japan must pay close attention to the situation with a greater sense of crisis than ever before. Fruit and vegetable prices are trending tending to be higher this month due to the impact of plum rains. At one retail market in northern Taiwan, the cost of broccoli has doubled to 40 NT a head. Coriander has reached a whopping 350 NT per kilogram. The Agricultural and Food Agency says the price rise is due to plum rains and that recently swept southern Taiwan. It said that the impact is temporary and that prices should start to stabilize toward the end of the month. Price by weight, this head of cabbage comes out to a cool 150 NT. It would have cost just 90 NT one month earlier. Costs are rising for produce, and shoppers are feeling the pinch. Coriander is so much more expensive now. Usually, when I buy coriander, it's 10 NT for a few sprigs. Now it costs 30 NT. The prices are higher by 20 or 30 percent. 
I haven't heard news of any typhoons, and yet vegetables have been so expensive of late. It's a little confounding. Because the weather is so hot now, if it rains in the south, all the vegetables shipped up from the south arrive rotten. At this produce mart, green stemmed bok choy has soared to 45 NT per kilogram. Broccoli has doubled to 40 NT ahead, and green onion is up to 80 NT. Coriander and garlic sprout have risen to 350 NT per kilogram. Cabbage has gotten more expensive every month. From 6.9 NT per kilogram in March, it's increased fivefold to 37.9 NT. Extremely heavy rains might have affected production areas. The impact seen during the production process has been greatest on leafy vegetables. I think that once farmers have gone through agriculture emergency recovery plans, after they're done with the process in about 10 days or so, the produce they ship to markets will start returning to their usual prices. In the meantime, these shoppers browse with care, checking prices before reaching out to weigh their selection. Until prices go down, the pressure is on to scrimp and save. A launderette in Xinzhou has made headlines for offering free cleaning to the city's vaccine drive. The vaccine center in Nanliao gets all its volunteers' pink jackets cleaned for free at the local business. Its owner says she would volunteer if she didn't have to work and is happy to give what she can. In the heart of the launderette, machines were and piles of clothes wait their turn. Among them, the pink jackets of volunteers at Nanliao Vaccination Center. We found a launderette in Nanliao, and when the owner came up to pick up the clothes, we asked her to give the city government a quote for the job. Then she said she would like to do it for free to give back to society. This launderette is on Zhongqing Road in Nanliao. The owner has done charitable cleaning for pandemic workers before. She goes personally to the vaccination center to pick the jackets up. She says, "I'm just doing my bit. It's nothing compared to frontline workers and volunteers." I have to work in the day, and I can't clone myself to do volunteering. But I'm in the laundry business, and what I can do is wash the jackets for the frontline workers. I just want to do what I can. We're so touched and grateful to receive this kind of charitable gift. We thank them for standing up in their profession and giving what they can to the public health project. Not all of us can volunteer on the front line, but millions across the country are giving in whatever way they can, often silently or out of sight, but not unnoticed nor unappreciated. Let's take a look now at the new disinfection devices aiming to cut virus spread on everyday items. Banknotes are a major worry for lots of businesses, as they circulate rapidly among the public. They could easily be carrying COVID. There are lots of tricks for disinfection, but few more ingenious than an ultraviolet note counting machine. It sterilized banknotes as they're counted. As cash circulates in crowded urban centers, could it be a vehicle for virus transmission? Restaurant and shop workers are concerned. If you spray notes with disinfectant, they're wet. How can you protect them? That's a problem. So we don't know what to do except to really get on top of hand washing. If you put the notes in piles, then you can't spray the ones underneath. So perhaps you have to separate them, and when you finish for the day, spread the notes and spray them again. There are various strategies. Some restaurants use food dehydrators to clean money. 
Delivery riders spray notes with ethanol and dry them on clothes hangers. Now, a currency detector business has spotted the niche and produced a disinfectant machine that uses ultraviolet light. Piles of notes are arranged and then run through the machine. As they whirl, 32 blue LED lights turn on. Each note goes under the ultraviolet light and is disinfected. The machine took six months to develop and uses materials more often found in aerospace, like graphite sheets and thermal adhesives. When the pandemic began last March, I thought, can we add a sterilization function to a currency detector so we can sterilize the notes easily? And so I started creating it, and about six months later, the machine was fully developed. We started with a basic technology level and then considered how to protect the user's eyes from looking straight at the ultraviolet light as the notes are counted. The same principle is at work in this ultraviolet ultrasound cleaning device. Manufacturers claim you can just press ultraviolet and place your phone in the box and all the viruses on the surface will be destroyed in five minutes. COVID has spurred on many new applications for ultraviolet disinfection. Linko District in New Taipei has some very unusual new paving stones. An anonymous artist has painted famous cartoon artist characters on fragments of broken paving stones. Like Mickey Mouse, The Lion King and Winnie the Pooh all feature in the street art. But while residents would like to meet the mystery artist, officials say the stones are infringing the law. Glance down at the ground and these fabulous paving stones jump out at you. Disney favorites Mickey and Minnie kiss on a pink background. This cute character is Winnie the Pooh. Lots of pedestrians are slowing down to admire the street art, and some families even come out specially to search for the stones. It's like hunting for hidden treasure. Kids are jumping for joy when they find a new one. Yeah, I think very special, and I, I hope we can see more in the next couple of days. Some folks say they try not to step on the artworks. This international visitor was impressed by them too. There are six so far, all in New Taipei's Linko district. Each one is dated and signed Mr. Perry, leaving all Linko captivated by the question, who is Mr. Perry? These unremarkable paving stones have been painted bright and beautiful. Let's put this one back and walk on a few more steps. 200 meters on, we see another colorful stone at our feet. There are three on this road. Everyone is curious about the identity of Mr. Perry. There was a young foreigner with bright blonde hair crouching down. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought perhaps he was ill. This local resident thinks she was spotted Mr. Perry at work, but nobody knows his real name. Earlier this year, celebrated director Ke Yijin painted a dog on the pedestrian lane markings near his home. It was a gentle protest against a park being closed to pedestrians by a borough chief. But until Mr. Perry is identified, his motives remain a mystery. Painted stones may be more slippery and they were originally broken stones too, and there are uneven places in the height of the surfaces. So with that in mind, we have some safety concerns and we will have to deal with that. 
The stones have delighted visitors and locals, but officials say laws on cleaning and disposing of waste have been violated. If Mr. Perry comes forward, he might face a fine from the Department of Environmental Protection from 1,200 to 6,000 NT. This summer, Taiwan's Olympic golfing squad features three veterans of elite golf circuits. Pan Zhengzhong, Xu Weiling, and Li Ning are all well-known on the pro golfing circuit. This year, she finally won her first LPGA title after seven years of struggle. Let's meet the team. To you, your family, and your country. Uh, one second. I thought I won't cry. It's okay. She cries tears of joy after winning her first LPGA championship. After seven years on the LPGA circuit, including six years competing in the U.S., she finally clinched the Pure Silk Championship this May. She is a Taiwan girl through and through. But the win was not just a job well done for Xu personally. It also tipped her into the top 60 to qualify for the Olympics. She expressed her delight on Facebook, but said she felt a lot of pressure. She promised fans to do her best and stay fit and healthy for Tokyo. Her former training mate, Lee, also celebrated a personal best recently, second place at the LPGA Medishield Championship. Lee will make her Olympic debut in Tokyo. As for the men, Rio veteran Pan will also be heading to Japan this month. In 2006, aged just 15, he won silver at the Asian Games. The prodigy went on to win double gold at the 2014 Asian Games, both individually and as a team. Aside from his illustrious tournament career, in 2019, Pan took his first PGA title at the Heritage Classic and came in a respectable number seven in the 2020 Masters. Taiwan's Tokyo golf team are all still in their 20s. In just a few weeks, the trio will head out to the Kasumi Gasaki Country Club to represent Taiwan on the lawn.